I'm Cesar Rubio, five-time past master of Palm Springs Laws number 693, and this is Masonic Muscle, where we focus on the strongest aspect of Freemasonry, a virtuous education of the mind, fortifying it with wise and serious truths, encouraging all brethren to increase their level of fitness one degree at a time, making exercise and study a cornerstone of your daily routine, because Freemasonry is work. When you put in the work, get closer and closer to the point within the circle. Masonic Muscle, we give you more light, but no light weights. We're here to pump you up, body, mind, and soul. All right, everybody, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, it's been a while since I recorded one, since September. I went out camping with my family at the beginning of September. It's a yearly trip that we take for Labor Day weekend. You know, me and uh, probably about 30 or 40 of us go out there. And when I came back, I was sick, you know, and no, it wasn't the cooties. You know, people can get sick and it doesn't have to be the cooties. And uh, both my brother and I, my brother and I had the same thing, same symptoms. He went to go get checked and he didn't have no cooties. It was just a cold, guys. Can you, can you believe that? Anyhow, uh, today, you know, just like I always do, have you been getting out there? Have you been walking? Have you been exercising? Have you been fortifying, fortifying your body, mind, and soul somehow, some way? And uh, before we, we, uh, we get started, I would like to introduce a brother that I met here at Palm Springs Lodge. He came down to our lodge from Big Bear, and uh, he started hanging out with us. He moved down. He moved down with us, uh, down, and he was working down in Indio, and he found a lodge. I believe he, he uh, I'll, I'll let him tell the story, but this is Brother uh, Garrett Berkthold. Garrett, welcome. Caesar, how you doing, Worshipful? I'm good, man. It's good to see you. You know, I'm seeing you on Zoom. Even though this is only going to be audio, audio, I can see you. You're looking healthy. You know, you, you're, you're looking uh, uh, like you're not missing a meal, man. Yeah, it's that high quality, uh, you know, the... The camera adds, you know, 25 pounds, right? So, uh, but no, no, we're doing good. Uh, you know, we're exercising uh, up in Sacramento, California, and just trying to stay positive. And yeah, life is good. Yeah. Now, when you came down here, uh, uh, I remember that. I remember that day. You, uh, you know, you came down. You, you you began to visit, and and it was pretty interesting to hear. Hey, you know, I'm I'm from Big Bear, and oh, really? You know, what's going on? And and so tell us the story. You came down. You came down here, and and you visited two lodges, right? I mean, you visited one before you actually came to Palm Springs. Yeah, so I was raised in uh, Big Bear Lodge 617, Big Bear Lake, California, um, October 28th, 2018. And I moved, first I moved to Victorville about a year or so after that to uh, work at a newspaper down there. Was attending, you know, Victorville Lodge there a little bit, but it was pretty busy, really didn't have too much time to start, you know, attending Lodge. And I was at that point pretty close to Victorville, so I was able to drive up to Big Bear. Um, then I moved, I want to say late 2019 to Palm Springs. Yeah. That's uh, where my mom lives. And yeah, I visited some lodges. I went to a Lodge in Indio, went to a Lodge in Palm Springs. Uh, Indio Lodge, if you haven't been, is absolutely beautiful. They have this smoking room inside. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I thought it was, uh, thought it was interesting. Um, never had the experience to actually sit and lodge there. So I can't speak much about their Masonic activities, but uh, then I went to Palm Springs and, uh, you know, found, found my second home there. And it was really cool because Garrett, you know, had heard about, uh, and we're going to be talking about this because legislation has come up uh, this year concerning this. But uh, one of the things he told me was that the brothers at, at Big Bear had told him, hey, if you go down to Palm Springs, you got to check out their bar. And I was like, what? Like, what, what, do you, what do they mean by like bar? Like, do they think we stock it or something? Like we have it stocked or, I mean, what, what were they saying? That they have a bar, that there's that there's a bar, and uh, I was I was imagining uh, if you know you go to some Elks lodges or Moose lodges oh, or right. better Foreign Wars lodges, this immaculate bar staffed with pretty women and uh, <laughs> you know booze flowing and uh, <laughs> yeah, bar is actually not that large itself in, in Big Bear, but the bar extends across the dining hall in a sense, right? So there okay. there's definitely um, libations and mm-hmm. just an overall good time. But I wouldn't say that that's based premised on on booze specifically, but right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I was told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we came down, sure enough, you know, uh, there was a brother. He loves to, to uh, you know, to bring his uh, wine or whiskey, either or, and he's the only one that brings it. So uh, we definitely had some libations uh, that day that he, he went down there. And uh, everybody has the same reaction. Like, well, we can drink in a lodge. Like, uh, you know, what the hell? What's going on here? Well, well yeah. And, and it's not in the lodge. It's in the dining hall. So, um and like I said, we're going to be talking about this legislation and what exactly it is. But uh, now you're up there. And what are you doing up there? So I'm going to law school uh, here in Sacramento. Uh, my school is the McGeorge School of Law. Um, so, yeah, I live up here in Sacramento, go to law school. And I'm working part time at a local uh, property law firm as well um, up here in the Sacramento Midtown region. And you've had an opportunity to visit a few lodges up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been to a couple lodges out of Sacramento. It's actually a really interesting setup. They have a beautiful just Masonic building in downtown Sacramento. Dozens of lodges, excuse, dozens of lodges meet there. Um, Prince Hall, um, I think multiple Prince Hall lodges. Um, there's also a Prince Hall York Wright that's there, which is fascinating. Um, then, of course, multiple Blue Lodges and then York Wright Lodges and Eastern Star. Um, so, I've had the opportunity to attend two of the Blue Lodge um, uh, ceremonies there and been to a lot, you know, been to Open Lodge and been to some degrees. And I went to the York Ride and went through my commandery degrees there, um, my commandery orders and just a beautiful lodge. Um, just, yeah, it's, it's just amazing how some of these older buildings have been maintained by brothers who are putting in the work, you know, um, selling it for weddings. Um, one time I went to lodge and there was a, like a quinceanera or a wedding upstairs <laughs> and you saw all these kids run in. It's just kind of interesting seeing the two worlds combined, but that's what yeah. sometimes you got to do to, to pay the bills. Now, uh, when you were down here, uh, you did, you did get to experience uh, how we practice Freemasonry. Freemasonry is practiced, even though it's the same degrees and, and it's the same process to become uh, an EA fellow craft and master Mason. You, you got to experience a little bit of that with us. And you also got to experience our discussion group, our uh, Trivium discussion group. Tell us, you know, t- tell, share with us what, what that was like uh, for you. And I think you only experienced a few of them, right? Yeah, I, I think I've attended a few. I think we did a couple on Zoom, too, during the pandemic. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. It's, uh, and I, maybe we'll get into this a little bit later, but I really think it's emblematic of this trend that's just happening in Freemasonry. And I know a lot of people talk about it. oh it's the younger generation you know that's 
bullshit if mm-hmm. i can say that right yeah. that's not the younger generation yeah there's younger masons in age but also younger masons as far as when they receive their degrees yeah um just excited masons that are really they have this quest for masonic education they want to get the most out of their masonic experience and i think that palm springs introducing the trivium discussion group among other uh, masonic education opportunities really found a way to kind of do that without making it so masonic that you know members of the public really would have no idea what's going on you know not specific to one degree to where you're going to segregate brothers from different degrees oh i'm coming on fellow craft night, right right, right. Mm-hmm. it's 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 always going to be connected to Freemasonry in a sense because it's such a broad topic, Freemasonry, but it really allows for brothers just to really learn um, and members of the public to learn about, you know, what, what we're doing here. Yeah, and it it, uh, it certainly engages the people that are there, um, especially if it's a topic that interests you. And sometimes you show up and, and someone is just in the corner, not really participating, but but they're they're assimilating, you know, whatever it is that's being talked about. So because... Maybe they never thought about it that way, and maybe they don't have anything to contribute as far as experience or belief, but they are gathering information. So uh, a lot of people have come away with, uh, with, with a positive experience, and it's constructive, and, and they like it, and they keep coming back. Uh, right now, we just had our last Trivium discussion group, and once again, you know, there's 10 people. And, you know, 10, 10 to 15 is about the max, where you can have the maximum engagement without losing control of the conversation and so that's that's what we shoot for 10 to 15 20 you're stretching it but uh i'm glad you enjoyed it and i'm glad you 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 got the some of the gist of why we're doing it because it is masonic uh we just won't get into it uh right here but um so you you were telling me one of the times that we talked uh probably over the months right because it's hit or miss that that you had recently went through the knights templar degrees and um, you said it was like the most beautiful degree that, that, that you've ever received. And then um, you wanted to talk about the, the differences and similarities between the York Rite and, and Blue Lodge. And your question was, you know, about that is like, what does Blue Lodge have that keeps people coming back to the beginning? So let's, let's start with the Knights Templar degrees without going into detail because, you know, we're not, I'm not a Knights Templar. There's a lot of... But what was it really that captivated you without giving up any of the secrets of, of that degree? Because you mentioned it, the most, one of the most beautiful degrees you've ever received. Yeah, I mean, as I said, that, that was relatively recently. So I, I'm not, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what Knights Templar is. And I mean, right. with that being said, any Masonic degree, but people can go yeah. years without figuring out what that degree is. But um, I, w- I would say it's just a lot more, I mean, all the orders, it, it, it's a lot more solemn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very contemplative. Um, and there's just a couple rituals that, you know, there's some stuff we do in Boulage that takes you back to the old world in a sense, right? You're able to kind of mm-hmm. get out of this modern world and, and kind of feel like you're a part of something that's timeless. Right. Right. Um, and the Knights Templar, I would say does is able to achieve a similar thing, but with an added aspect of just spirituality, that's just fascinating it, it just really is you know um as i said i'm still learning more more about it um right um trying to save up for all the all the garb um and, yeah. and the sword stuff. <laughs> and I, I probably won't be getting into that for a little bit but you know i mean a lot of brothers think oh you got to have money to be knights templar you got to have all this stuff and it's like no i mean there's extra gear for, for brothers that want to do those activities um not only that you don't really have to 
mean, there's brothers that go there and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they don't really engage in those activities. Right. So it's really open for, for everybody. But yeah. I'm still learning and still trying to soak it all in. And, um, it's, it's fascinating. I think in one of those times we, we, we did hook up and, and talk over the phone. Um, and we were talking in connection of this, you said, Hey man, you know, you, I, I just listened to your, your latest podcast, which, uh, you know, I, I can't remember which one, but it was talking about appendant bodies. It was talking about a, uh, an article that I read and basically it was saying to get rid of, you know, get rid of all appendant bodies, uh, because it's a, it becomes a distraction, especially right now in the time and, uh, you know, era that we're in where all, all Masonic bodies are suffering from membership, right? And, uh, you know, you just, you, you hit upon that point. You said, you know what, I, you know, I would like to talk about that and, uh, you know, explore that a little bit. Uh, you know, what, what were your thoughts about that, if you can recall? About why? The, the appendant why bodies, we... yeah, the appendant bodies uh, in that article that I had read, it was mm-hmm. basically saying that, um the according to the numbers that they had taken, there's about I, I don't know you know x thousands of masons, mm-hmm. and 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 x amount of lodges and and when you put that all together, uh, it would it would pretty much put everyone at about thirty members per mm-hmm. lodge, right? And the thing that I said was, yeah, but. If you if you're saying that there's only 30 members per lodge, you're forgetting that uh, he didn't want to get rid of the the Scottish Rite or the York Rite. Mm-hmm. Well, someone has to run those lodges, and if there's only 30 members per lodge, then part of those 30 are going to be asked to also go and run Scottish Rite and York Rite. So now you've just spread your membership thin. Where right now we have to like regroup and figure out, re-strengthen the Blue Lodge give everybody uh, more of what they're looking for when they come to Blue Lodge. So when they're, time, when they're ready to go and explore the appendant bodies, they're actually ready, uh, a little bit more prepared uh, to do that. Yeah, no, 100%. So, and so we see in Freemasonry generally, generally, right, like a few decades ago, if not, you know, piece, you know, century ago or so, it was economically, it was socially, it was politically beneficial to be a Freemason, right? Right. You get, you could, you know, land that magistrate job at least in England. You know, there is a rumor that <laughs> for a certain time, maybe even now, if you want to become a magistrate, you had to be a Mason. I don't right. know if that's true, but you know, there's all these different ties. There's all these incentives to be a Mason, and I think the beauty about this current moment that membership and all that it kind of distracts from that mm-hmm. is that we have the right brothers here right not, not the brothers that are here for for vanity based reasons right they're, they're not here for political gain right they're not right. here to you know uh, for social gain economic gain to make money to get jobs so i mean obviously a, an effect of that is that you know past membership i think was bolstered by um the dues associated with those brothers that were here for those you know unrighteous reasons and I mean, obviously, there was incentives associated with all these different uh, fraternities that sprung up, you know, the odd fellows, you know, and then all, obviously in the Masonic side, we have all right. these different abundant bodies. And then the more that you create, the more brothers you need to do it. And what I've seen is you have some brothers that are either strictly York Rite or strictly Scottish Rite or strictly, mm-hmm. um, you know, Blue Lodge. Then you have the rare breed who who do it all. And, you know, maybe they're state employees or something because they have the time. <laughs> yeah. The time to do yeah. That. 
but it's yeah no i understand i mean a, a lot of these these modern a lot of the bodies that we have today are premised upon this massive pool of membership and the dues associated with that to be able to you know fund these enterprises so mm -hmm. so where we go from there is definitely an interesting conversation going forward and this is something that that our fraternity has been grappling with and and it wasn't until about the 1960s when uh, a past grandmaster from I, I believe south carolina um uh, uh past grandmaster wright he wrote uh two articles uh, uh attacking this you know th this uh topic but through multiple through through multiple angles what are we doing um you know, how, how do you expect anybody to stay in the Blue Lodge level if the leadership is so poor? You know, uh, people are looking to go in there and find strong leadership. Why aren't the best people being put into strong leadership? Why aren't lodges charging more? Why aren't lodges, uh, when they charge more, putting out better festive boards and, and just putting out the value, right? Because once the value is clear, the decision is easy to go to lodge. So, yeah, if you pay $1,000 in dues, you know, oh, I'm going to get two awesome festive boards. Uh, the eight or nine degrees that we have are going to be done to the freaking the best, most solemn and, and uh, you know, reverent way. We're going to have a uh, celebration afterwards. You know, you're going to you're going to have value for all that. And if you're not presenting that, well, then don't be wondering why the guys aren't coming back to lodge. Uh, also, your education, your your you know, your mysterious, esoteric, whatever you want to call it, your of the three degrees you have that education and you're focusing on that and you're giving them value, high value all the time. So yeah, that's interesting to hear your take and you being, you were, I mean, how long have you been a master Mason? Um, so it's October 14th and about two weeks will be five years, five four years. years. Yeah. And, um, and already, yeah. And already you're already, you know, seeing these things and, and you're, you're paying attention to certain conversations that are that are happening within laws and between brothers. And, you know, you're catching the vibe, right? Like, hey, well, what's going on? And if you look at it, if you look at it historically, I think the lodges weren't meant to be any bigger than 50 members, maybe less than that. You know, in order to, to keep it tight, you know where everyone's at. If someone's missing, you miss them right away. Someone's calling them. Hey, you know, checking in. Are you all right? Everything good? Mm -hmm. All right, man. So, I mean... Um, I should have hit, I know you said, I know you kind of mentioned it just, just in passing. And I know uh, in the last two phone conversations that we had, you did mention that you're going to try to get in better shape. But what, what are, you know, what have you been before, doing for that? Before you go there, hold on. See, I just want to go back to, to, to the last thing, right? Like, yeah. Thinking about masonry in an economic context, that, that just is so antithetical to what we're doing here, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and I have, you know, my, my boss is in Egypt right now and he's sending us photos and stuff via email. He's, he, there's an apartment complex near the great pyramids. I, and it was an interesting picture. He's like in this apartment condo and the great pyramids are there. And yeah. in, in my mind, they're just in the middle of a desert. Right. Right. You know, those of us in masonry, we love to, you know, philosophize and uh, you know, speculate. Talk, yeah. speculate about, you know, Plato, Socrates, you know, in those chambers, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, getting degrees there. And it's just like, if you think about that, like, do you think the priests or, you know, do you think they worried about budgets or worried about making festive boards economically feasible or incentivizing returns based off, you know, their output? And it, it's just kind of fascinating that, you know, mm -hmm. now, you know, 
that we have to think about these things. And obviously those are real world concerns, but mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, you know, these type of lessons and this type of, you know, philosophy was subsidized by the state, right. At a certain point, right. Or at least by society. Um, um, so what priests are you talking about? Like the priests of Egypt or uh, who? Yeah. Like the, were they concerned? Well, who, who, paid, who paid their wages, right? Who? Um, well, I mean, if you're talking back in ancient Egypt, the high priests were connected with the, uh, with the hierarchy, you know, with the pharaohs and all that. So that was, that was a part, it was a theocracy. So they had their funding. Whatever the, Egypt, the Egyptian empire produced, they were going to get a big chunk of it. I think they found tombs uh, both in Egypt and Sumeria where uh, they found beer, dedicated and, and sacrifice you know it, it was an offering to the gods i mean and it was like massive barrels and jars of beer so that's how much the the religion there and the high priests had sway over the you know the the goings on and and ace a lot of that money is going to come over here we need temples uh, mm-hmm. you know, we need money to pay for, uh, the, the people's schoolings, you know, cause they had scribes that they, they, they were learned. They knew how to read the, you know, the, the book of the dead and, you know, it, it was a caste system for sure. So, uh, were they worried about it? Well, yeah, because that was their, their lifeblood. If you, if you're talking about ascetics, uh, you know, like, uh, John the Baptist, well, he was out there living on his own. You know, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and you know, eating honey and and the nuts and honey and the milk of the of the, you know, of the land, and uh, but they said that he was a part of a uh, of the Essene Brotherhood and also of the Nazarene Brotherhood that that had a structure that supposedly derived from Egypt and the Egyptian, uh, you know, uh, uh, traditions over there. So, gr- great question, and it is something that people don't think about too often. Did did they when I mention it? I only mention it because I know one thing. Mm-hmm. If you want to have a better quality uh, experience, there's going to have to be a consummerit, you know, dollar sign affixed uh, to that. You know, yeah. so so you you have to think about that, and but you have to have a, a, a you know what does that look like? How much is that, and then work towards it, right? And that's all, and that's part of our. Uh, obligation our financial obligations so uh yeah great point great well, this, point that's exactly like this is not an economic opportunity right like no in, no like in or at least economic exercise like in masonry we're trying to get to know ourselves we're trying to get closer to god right we're yeah. trying to figure out this this world that we're you know what, what are we doing here right i mean the science can tell us a, a certain amount of things about this physical world that we exist upon but you know, why are we here, right? The questions that we have as masonry, the masons that, that bring us here are yeah. questions that economics and, and money, those really don't really collide that much. And it's kind of unfortunate that we have to, you know, really engage in those type of exercises. Yeah, yeah. And uh, many lodges uh, get in trouble, uh, just like any other organization be because of that, because they're, they're, their concepts of uh, what you just said are 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 skewed, and they're at a that are they're at odds, right? So, yeah, all right. that was trying to avoid avoid the, the 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 question of you asking how I'm getting you know, how I'm exercising. <laughs> no, well, over just your, just tell you, us how? just tell us what you're thinking about. What's your plan? Well, what's your plan uh, to get in better shape here? 
Uh, you know, I, I wake up and, you know, I have all these readings in, in law school. What we do is we read before class yeah. so okay. that we have all these briefs and, and we're able to, you know, talk back and forth about these these new topics that we're learning. So there's a lot of reading. There's just a lot of plus work, plus all this stuff. Right. So what I do is I try and work out as early as I can. And by that, I mean, I'll, there's a, a disc golf course mm. near, near where I'm at and I'll play disc golf sometimes. And at the very least, when I'm done with everything I have to do. 11.30 p.m. at night, I'll go walk a, a mile and a half uh, at this uh, park a um, couple blocks away. That's uh, just, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, there's trees, you know, it's kind of, it's peaceful. And, um, you know, during that time, it's interesting. Like when I'm, when I'm feeling like running during that time, I'll bring, you know, my my phone and my you know, earbuds or whatever, and I'll try, I'll get that pump on and I'll try and get, get the running going. But there's sometimes where I just turn it all off and I just kind of walk around and I just kind of, there you use go. that time to, to, to get the blood flowing yeah. and kill two birds with one stone, but also just try to detach a little bit, you know, right. because technology is just in my life. Everything's on the computer, right? Work, school. Um, so I feel kind of guilty, you know, also using that time being, you know, listen to a podcast or something. <laughs> and there you go, man. I, I've been encouraging anybody and everybody, even just walking every day. Uh, there's a guy, there's a couple guys uh, online uh, and YouTube, I, I can't remember the, their, their names right now, but they've been touting the benefits of, of just plain walking. And, and after you walk, after you reach a certain amount of minutes, and it's past 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, your body gets in, kicks into this other mode. And now your, your, um, your, your metabolism is kicked in. And now it's really beginning to take effect and and it, but it's not like weightlifting where you can only you can only weightlift seriously hard for you know 45 60 minutes and that's it after that it's the law of diminishing returns walking is not that way walking you can do it a whole lot longer you can walk five miles 10 miles and the body is continuing to receive the benefits so even something as simple as walking you know yeah. um it, it does the job so great man and and right now <laughs> As we were getting ready to to get on, you know, you were talking about the the beer quality that there's some of the best beer over there. Come on, tell me what what the hell that means. Um, you know, I have a theory that there's there's a, a causal connection between water quality being close to Sierra Nevada mountains, other you know watersheds of sorts, and and beer quality, or and maybe it's just access to raw materials. Um, but you know, the beer here is great. And not only that, there's a kombucha brewery right near my mm. apartment and they actually get their hops and stuff and other type of stuff from, um, the Moonraker brewery, which is in Auburn. And it's interesting seeing like a kombucha <laughs> distillery or what have you, which is, it's actually not alcoholic, but they make a hops kombucha. It's not, you know, you know, low, you know, low amount of alcohol. It's associated with all kombucha, but it tastes, it's like the best type of non-alcoholic beer I've ever had in my life what yeah so you have this just this weird i think it's a thought process too like in southern california i never experienced a situation where you know breweries and kombucha folks are collaborating to make weird stuff right like that seems to be a pretty hippie enterprise yeah. right which i think would be proprietary for northern california but i also spent most of my time in southern california and san bernardino and riverside county so maybe i just didn't experience the you know the other stuff that's SoCal outside now um um I mean, I'm interested in beer, so that's very, uh, I'm very interested to, to hear that. And, and it's, you know, you're probably right. It's the water quality. 
the better the quality, it just makes sense. The better the quality, the better the product is going to be. So the better the water quality or the hops quality, you know, or the wheat or whatever, you know, uh, ingredients they're going to use to make the beer, it, of course, it's going to be better. Now, getting back to the exercise trip, because I've, I've talked about burpees a lot on my, uh, on my podcast, because it's, it's, a, it's a huge, you know, uh, trend right now. And not right now, it's been going on for a while, but... I subscribe to this uh, Bill Hinburns, uh, superstrengthtraining.com, and, and I get his newsletter. And the most recent one was the origin of the burpee. And I thought I knew the origin of the burpee. It turns out that I didn't. So check this out. The, it turns out that, the, that, that uh, its origins date back to 1939 with a man named Royal Huddleston Burpee who was pulling double duty as both the director of a New York City YMCA and a PhD candidate in applied physiology at Columbia University's Teachers College. As part of his doctoral research, Burpee was trying to determine a reliable way to test a person's physical fitness. As both a lifelong athlete and a scientist, he was both fascinated and determined in his task. The method he settled on was a measure of an athlete's standing heart rate, then have them do four burpees, and then test to see how long it took for their heart rate to return to normal. Soon after, the United States entered the World War, and by 1942, the U.S. Army had settled on 10 exercises to, to determine a recruit's fitness level. One of them was the burpee. So I didn't know that. I thought that was Jack Lane because I know Jack Lane was recruited to... Uh, he served in the war, but he was recruited to provide you know some kind of physical regimen physical fitness regimen he was the king you know he was a godfather of fitness so hey can you show us but i thought it was him i, mm -hmm. I know i think I, I think it was him that created the jumping jack you know jack lane jumping jack but i thought it was him that created the burpee i didn't know that it was this guy so yeah no that's fascinating jack lane um i'm pretty sure every year he would swim to alcatraz yep um, and I remember going there and my dad told me to young, super young age. And I'm like, I don't really know how much to relate to that. First off, I don't know who Jack Lane is. <laughs> Second off, I'm not old enough to recognize how of an amazing endeavor that is. But, um, until he was well in age, um, I, I want to say until 70, I have no idea, but this guy would swim to Alcatraz every single year. And I think people would join him at a certain point. Um, and to this day, one of these days, I'm swimming to Alcatraz, right? I know there's some sharks, but uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I assume they do like an annual Jack LaLanne swimathon. Like I would hope San Francisco does some corny stuff like that. I assume. <laughs> now let me let me ask you some questions before we get into some grand lodge legislation, because I know, I know, uh, uh, you know, you have some questions about this, but um, let me ask you a couple of questions, and it has to do with with Freemasonry. So you've been a master Mason for about five years. You said it's, it's four, four years. I four did, years. I did the math in my head. Okay. <laughs> have you like, ha have you built up in that time, like your own theory about the origins of Freemasonry? Like, what do you think the origins are? There's no right or wrong answer. Just what do you think they are? I, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a trippy ass dude. Right. So, so what I go back to is this, this, this kind of desire to be better than your external circumstances permits you to okay. be um, absent some sort of training, right? I assume that, you know, at, there was the individuals who were uh, 
Sleeping on the Ground, and I assume that there's a book, The Builders, right? That uh, yeah. was Joseph Gordon Newton that talks about. Yes. Um, Excellent you know, there book. Those, there was those four first guys, right, or yeah. gals, you know, who knows, that um, took the canopy and, and created a shelter, right, out of trees or raw materials, or like, oh my, it, it's raining, right? right. We got to put something up there to protect us, right? Someone in our lineage at some point thought of that, right? And that goes to fire. That goes to to. To, to really to everything right. right so as far as the roots of freemasonry i i assumed that that type of um i assume that got lost at some point you had these individuals that really i think they found that like we only need 89 humans or something to create a, a, a diverse enough genetic gene pool to not create all the negatives associated with uh, incest right okay um and I think that the Masons are the ones that after things got comfortable and after all the people that, you know, did those hard moves, created the fire, created the first shelter, you know, had to really do that. You know, uh, I'm a Kobe Bryant fan, the Mamba mentality, okay. you know, the first, the first of that lineage that kind of died off. I assume people got complacent and Masonry may have came in as a way to, to restart that inner fire, right. To, to teach, you know, men to, you know, who they really are, right? We have all these innate powers that we really mm. don't use, right? The subconscious is powerful. The ability to, you know, create, um, you know, goals. Uh, I know that Albert Pike talks in Morals and Dogma about thought, desire, action, you know, this triangle of human will and effort that you could achieve anything you want to achieve, right? So I assume masonry maybe came, you know, at some historical part where that was lost. That's all I got. Um, well, you hit on a, you hit a, a, on a lot of uh, uh, themes there, um, and one of them I want to put I want to bring back to Anderson's Constitutions of 1723, where he's talking about the um, the the mythology, the tradition that was supposed to be read to every Mason. So when when a Mason was initiated, he was supposed to be read this mythology. Right? This this was this was one of the sacred scrolls that that we were read and these were the traditions and the mythologies and, and legends of where it came from and part of that was after the flood that you know that uh, noah's you know the noah and the sons of noah noahkite and and that they carried with them these this sacred knowledge and that i think two two of the sons were the ones who created the two pillars because they understood that there was this this um you know, a catastrophe coming. And they, so the, the two pillars were created to withstand conflagration and inundation, and, and there was sacred knowledge within it. So you're touching upon those themes, you know, in, in your own way. That, that's, that, that's really cool that, that, you know, in there, our minds are, are trying to put this together because we want to make sense of it. And so I, I like that. I, I like that you're... Uh, that you're actively as well trying to work this out just like any of us would, right? We're supposed to contemplate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think the biggest folly though is doing it historically, right? Like there's all sorts of books, right? That, okay, we, we take it to Scotland, right? And mm -hmm. we, we trace the lineage here and it's like, who, who cares? I, I'm not, I mean, I, I, there's brothers that are engaged in Masonic history. That's important, mm -hmm. but that doesn't benefit us on a day-to-day -day basis to try and make better decisions and make better lives for ourselves and our families, right? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think talking about the roots of Freemasonry is best in, in why, 
right? I, I'm all about the why. I'm an attorney. I'm, a, I'm a, or not an attorney, but I'm a law student, aspiring mm-hmm. attorney, uh, you know, former journalist, right? So the big question I have is why. That's that's what does it for me, not the when, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, and eventually the why, you're going to keep asking why, and, and it's going to take you back further and further. And that's how you get tied in, you know, and tied into the uh, where did it come from? And, and you're right. Uh, what was it Scotland? You know, what was it uh, England? You know, was it, uh, you know, what a lot of people don't, uh, they, they, they kind of uh, brush it off really quickly is that the operative to speculative transition, that, that's, that's still a theory that, 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 that's never been proven. It was just a theory, but it, it, for whatever reason, it was, it was, um, it, it was taken as like fact. So a lot of people put it forth. But there is no evidence of that as well. So it leaves us, again, uh, as to why, you know, why. So that's, that, that's uh, in alignment with what you're supposed to do as Mason, speculate. Continue to speculate. Now, next question. Which one, without going into any detail, which one of the three degrees, first three degrees, are, is your favorite? I'd say the first degree. Okay, why? Without you know, without going to too much detail, just what you feel and okay. Well, the detail is is I received my first degree short form, right? Okay. So what I did after my first degree is I just sought. I cast the net and I wanted to learn everything about that degree, the history of Freemasonry, okay. right? Because the history of Freemasonry is actually really not in the first degree short form, right? You know, we learn about learn about you know where the law right, is. Right. <laughs> um you know, but what is taught in the sh- short form, first degree, uh, temperance, fortitude, prudence, and justice, right? Um, that's just something that, you know, on a day-to-day basis, like, you know, sometimes I have a decision. I'm like, you know, what am I doing here, right? The am I being principal temperate? tenants, the four cardinal virtues? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I ask myself day. that all, all the time, and it's in the Bible. You know, I mean, I think there's a different phrasing of, of the exact nature of, uh, I want to say Plato talked about it as well. But, you know, these are just things that you have to ask yourself, right? Are you being fortuitous? Are you being temperate, right? Are you being prudent? Yeah. And are you being just? And I mean, that that was something that just boggled my mind. You know, that was the degree that the worshipful master texted me that night. He's like, so how do you, how do you feel? Mm. And I didn't have the best answer for him at that point, you know, kind of overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. But you know, it, there's a lot there, you know, that's, you know, that first degree short form, long form, what have you is, is enough substance to really get you going in the direction that you know many brothers probably die without ever actually you know perfecting okay okay um let me ask you something else now uh and because because of the field that you know and the profession that that you're working towards um so we often hear that in freemasonry like there is no talk about politics and religion during stated meetings or degrees but if you stick around uh, long enough, you know, you'll begin to see the Lodge's own politics rear its ugly head. Uh, what has been your experience with this, you know, and how, how do you handle it? You know, so as we learn, right, the Lodge is not the building, right? That's, we don't need a building, right? We right. can, we've met, you know, right. the highest, you know, the highest yeah. of mountains, right? The lowest of ales. And the Lodge is the brothers, right? So of course, <laughs> I mean, unless it's a bunch of drones or, or something, right? And uh, Star Wars, you're going to have a bunch of individuals that have their own, you know, thoughts on life, different life experiences. 
And, you know, it's for the best that you have a bunch of diverse experience. You don't want a bunch of ex-correctional officers, right? You don't right. want a bunch of right. ex-farmers. Right. You want, you want a, an extremely diverse amount of people that come together and they try and do this together. And, you know, then that, that's life, right? Like that's any workplace that we're at, you know, any society or community that we're in that we're trying to engage in, you know, indirect democracy, you know, we got to take these different experiences, right? Yes. And as far as Lodge... You're trying to get me to talk about lodge politics. Um, no, no, it, not not talk about lodge politics. No, no, no. Um, I just, what, you know, it's inevitable that it, it creeps in. You know, it's just the, what has been your experience and how did you handle it? Well, it's a small amount of brothers, dude. That's the thing. I mean, back in the day, it was hundreds of hundreds of brothers. Right. When I, you know, if you go to Sacramento and you see the picture of not even the Master Masons, but um, the commandery at that point, pictured in front of the state capitol, there's at least a 175, um, you know, fully decked out brothers there in all of their, you know, degree. Regalia, all the, yeah. All the Sir Knights, right? Mm -hmm. That's what, the, you know, that's what we call ourselves. Yeah. And there's just hundreds of them. And it, it's just fascinating, right? All uniform, all in front of the state capitol. And it's, it's a beautiful sight. I think it's the picture is from like 1901 or something. Right. So at that point, I assume you have to start engaging in things that we do in local government where we're delegating, right? We have a certain subset of decision makers, right? Mm -hmm. At a certain point, some of the, you know. It begins um, to cross over on. They, they begin yeah, well, the, the junior yeah. brothers are recognizing. They're like, okay, well, I'm not really making decisions. I'm one of 190 brothers, right? But in lodges today, you could have a newly, you know, obligated, uh, you know, enterprise mason who's one of, you know, 17 brothers in a lodge. And mm -hmm. maybe only... 11 of those brothers show up so it's like at that point you're hanging out and you're talking about all these things affecting the lodge and, and the money and, and the rentals right right and you know it doesn't matter what degree you are you're in that mix because you're needed to right yep. you your experience may be important you know in big bear we have brothers that are into like tech and all sorts of stuff that i don't really think big bear has really seen for a long time you know people that work remotely and and do online based activities and they just provide this interesting perspective and it's like okay you're uh you know entered apprentice mason but you know please help us out here because you're you know mm -hmm. you're, you're genius that what we need to know right here well we've learned from our our uh, past mistakes and uh that that's part of the benefit of the time and era and era we're in now is that we understand that yeah you could be an entered apprentice but dude the, the skills that you're bringing in are invaluable so let's utilize them and that's what we've done at our lodge, at least. And we've done it. We've tried to do it to the best of our capacity. And, uh, you know, without revealing anything that shouldn't be revealed. Right. Um, because that's part of their journey. But, you know, the administrative part of the of the lodge or that the, all of us are responsible for that. And that's teaching us how to be a responsible citizen and mm -hmm. how, how to begin to take. Uh, responsibility, you know, for our civic duties and how government runs within a lodge. You can learn all of that if you pay attention. Uh, but yeah, good point. Now, here's my next question for you. And as I'm going to take it 180 now because of the Internet, because of the how easy it is for us to get, uh, you know, information, have access to information. There's just been an explosion. Right. And a lot of them are old, older. Uh, mm -hmm. conspiracy theories, conspiracy theories that involve Freemasonry. And a lot of them are, are new or they're combinations of, of old and new. Which ones, which ones do you really like? You know, which ones do you like reading about that involve Freemasonry? Because I have a bunch of books 
that are Masonic conspiracies. And I, you know, th there's some, I, I really enjoy them, man, because you learn a lot about how people think about Freemasonry. Which one, which one really do you gravitate towards? Uh, Masonic conspiracy theory, good or bad? Uh, I think Baphomet is interesting. Okay. Um, I believe what Baphomet was drawn by uh, Ellipsis Levy, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, as above, so below. You know, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting um, symbolism in that. Yeah, it's yeah. Interesting how how that gets connected to not only what I assume would be like Anton Levey's Church of Satan or whatever the. I assume that was honestly. I don't even really know, but I assume that's kind of connected with Aleister Crowley's. You know manifestation of the will right we're right. here to kind yes. of engage in our inner bullshit right yeah um <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> and you know as far as masonry yeah probably baphomet you know it's interesting like you know somehow you know we're worshiping satan here and and, and the people that say that are people that are terrified of satan right who are you know that are somehow connect these christian you know um biblical symbols to freemasonry and they use that symbolism and that thought processes to kind of create in their minds what they think freemasonry is and i'm like well you can't really do that freemasonry is not a specifically uh you know biblical society or one based off you know thought you know belief in christ it's 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 more expansive it's more inclusive than that so you can't really take your biblical ideas and your in your dogmas and kind of insert it into freemasonry and then use these symbols that you see that are honestly interesting i mean baphomet scares the shit out of me if i saw that guy walking down the street you know i would be i would be absolutely terrified i, I would want no part of that i would not buy him a drink at, at all <laughs> yeah run the other way run the other yeah way. i want i want no part in baphomet right but all yeah right. definitely you know devil worshiping you know things you know, and as I said, some of them are true. As I said, the anti-Masonic party had some really good contentions, right? At a certain point, democracy doesn't really function if you have a certain subset of individuals who are coalescing, whether it's within this fraternity or lodge or what have you, to centralize or at least semi-centralized power within their ranks, right? We yeah. know that there's you know, presidents who are Freemasons and other prestigious folks and senators or what have you, uh, Congress members that are Masons, yeah. and that's not good for democracy at all. So some of the most dangerous conspiracy theories are the ones that are probably correct, which is that, you know, <laughs> masonry was a little bit big back in the day and it needed to be maybe tempered down a little bit. Um, uh, the, the, you know, because, because they took everything to court and they put it into public record, you have access, we have access to all of that. And we can see uh, what exactly uh, was said. We can read for ourselves what was said and learn about it. And we can also learn about, I think there was like something close to like 90 something degrees during that time that were being given, that were being sold and pawned off on people. So a lot of those uh, obligations were like uh, um, overlapping on the Blue Lodge obligation and, and nullifying the Blue Lodge obligation because you took those extra degrees, you took those extra obligations, and that's what was a part of the problem. Uh, that they found when they when they began to put this into public record. Now let's speaking of which, we're talking about Congress. We're talking about this going into record, public record. Um, let's talk about some Grand Lodge legislation. Okay. And what's coming up? You know, because I know you had a, a you had a couple of things, and and you've been, <laughs> you know, it's not funny. Um, I'm not laughing. Uh, I get a kick because you've been very uh, vocal with me, and I don't know who else. 
about our California Masonic Magazine, uh, some of the articles that you've seen written. And uh, you were very clear, man. You were very clear with what your beef was. Can you share some of that with us now? Well, you know, as a, you know, an aspiring attorney and this, you know, uh, I will start off by saying that I do appreciate the, um, you know, the effort that, you know, these brothers that make this Grand Lodge happen, that you yeah. know, donate children and, and our Masonic homes, right? Mm -hmm. That's such an amazing organization, right? Right. Oh, and they sell parking. I went to a Burning Spears, a reggae, uh, reggae god from the 70s, right? I paid at least 40 something dollars for parking from... Uh, live nation and i thought that i got free parking as a mason at, at the lodge and no it was like 48 dollars 50 dollars yeah what um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's nuts right yeah. but hey but i'm subs i'm you know we're that goes into the system right that right. goes into the right right and at that point i did forget your question what was your question again uh you've had some uh um uh, contention with the grand lodge uh, California Magazine and some of the articles oh. that have been written. Um, I so first off, there's really no way to make Freemasonry sexy, right? Okay. There, this isn't a hair care product or um, a new clothing brand. Um, I, I don't even think J Joseph Goebbels could make this, you know, enticing, right? This is this hmm. is hard work. This know? is hard like, work. Yes. Like what what you're doing here is you're kind of recognizing that you're fallible. And you're recognizing that you need to work on yourself and that you really don't mm. know much about the world that you're living in, but claim to be a king of, right? Mm. You're, you're open and you're vulnerable, you know, in, in our degrees, there's a lot of vulnerability there. It's the epitome of vulnerability. Right. Anything could happen. And, you know, especially if people make some weird comments and right before your first degree and you're starting to sketch out and you hear about some goats or something. And, <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a humbling experience, and you only engage in that humbling experience because you you, you need something. You're missing something, and you recognize that, and you and you're, okay. you're you want to grow. And there's really no way to market that, right? Like, I don't. I you could have Apple's marketing, you know, propaganda minister come out and try and make that sexy. It's not going to happen. So my question really is how much is, you know, Grand Lodge spending on these activities to kind of make Freemasonry sexy or Freemasonry interesting? It's, it's not. <laughs> More palatable. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not. But yeah. There's nothing really interesting about Freemasonry on the outside. It's not sexy. It's not, you know, there's days I don't really want to go into state of meeting or whatever. It's, it's, you know, it depends on the mood. It's, it's not something you can really market. So my question is like, it's at a certain point, how much are we spending on these activities marketing uh propaganda activities what's their return and also what can we be doing with that money elsewhere because as i said live nations you know charges 50 dollars for parking so there's some money making from the activities within at least the grand lodge building itself so we could be feeding people we could be housing people we could be you know the very least you know helping them out in some way um, that's not going to professional and, marketers right and i guess uh, you know some um a lot of what you say has validity because if, and maybe the numbers have changed. I don't know if it has, but according to my last uh, um, uh, checking, I, I think we had, uh, and I've said it many times in, in, the, in my podcast episodes, I think like 44,000 Masons. So if it, going along with what you're saying, if what you guys are doing has been so successful, it should double or triple 
our our Masonic membership, but it's not, right? We're still at 40,000 members. So what are we really doing? Because your propaganda, you know, you're saying that, you know, hey, this is propaganda. You're saying that this is, um, it's it's not working, basically, what you're saying. It's, it's not sexy. Uh, give us something better. You know, we, we, can, we can do something better. Okay, so let, let's get to some Grand Lodge legislation now. Speaking of Grand Lodge, right, this mm-hmm. year. And oh boy, right. Uh, um, they're hitting hard. The, the first post-COVID <laughs> year, they're they're coming at it. <laughs> they're trying to put in some work on the court. Uh, I may go. I've never been. I'm going to be honest with you. This is my first year. And right now I'm in SAC. So now it's actually feasible for me to go. My buddy has a place up in Excelsior District. So maybe I'll stay there. Oh, man. This is great. Well, uh, one of the ones that you wanted that, that you were like, and me too was the, the Grand Master's recommendation that uh, permits virtual participation in stated meetings. Um, you know, this is a carryover legislation from 2021. Grand Master Weiss's uh, recommendation number two establishes Lodge Executive Committee as a standing uh, committee. That's, that's one of them. The next one, Grand Master Weiss's recommendation number three, permits virtual participation in stated meetings. So go ahead. Tell me. Tell me what your you know what your concerns are there with that one. Well, we kind of already started the conversation, right? Um, you know, Freemasonry is not inherently sexy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's really no way to market that. Second off, membership is down because it's really no longer economically, politically, or socially beneficial to be a Freemason. Mm. You have this decrease in membership. And we have this inherent issue when it comes to letting the world know what we do. And, and that's an issue, right? hundred percent. I mean, I, I don't, when I went to Grand Lodge the first time for that Burning Spear concert a couple months ago, and, mm-hmm. you know, I walked past cause I lived in San Francisco and I went to college or San Francisco state, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't a Mason there. I didn't really know. I'm like, wow, I, I love those Egyptian, um, you know, stuff going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I went there for the first time and I really, soaked in the magic of, of of what they're doing there this is a beautiful building and they kind of just encapsulate the beauty of the organization right and really what they've been doing since you know the mid 1800s and as far as zoom is that what you're you you want to talk about zoom well it the 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 recommendation was permits virtual participation in stated meetings yeah, right. so, so at that point, what we're doing, right, is we're bringing in Zoom into state of meeting, right? And at that point, it's almost like, you know, I have some friends that are, you know, tech workers, and a, a lot of their job now is is online. They don't go see their clients in Texas anymore because they realize that, or their companies realize that, you know, it's no longer feasible. You can save money by doing Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh hundred percent. Right. I mean, me and you are talking on zoom right now. Like, no one's doubting the power of technology and, and what you can do with technology and Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. But my argument is that those benefits are really associated with two key subjects. And that is one Masonic education and two communication, whether it be through a website, Facebook, letting people know how to communicate with you, communicating mm-hmm. with other brothers around the world. We saw that during the coronavirus pandemic. Um, there was a group called Refracted Light. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. do all of these just amazing talks. And it was through a Facebook group that you got the link. And 
um, you would go and you hear about just some new topic every, every few days or something. And it was honestly my savior for, from, you know, from the Pandemic. coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was some, I've never, there's some crazy stuff there. I've never been introduced to and not crazy in a bad way, but just interesting, you know, non blue lodge Masonic education that, that was mm -hmm. happening. So, I mean, we know that technology is beneficial, right? We know that it can be employed for positive ways. Um, right. And big bear, you know, we made a website, we made a Facebook group. To this day, I don't really have time to post on Facebook. I think the last post is from earlier this year, 2022. People continue to comment. They continue to follow us. They continue to, um, just because there's the hashtag or what have you available on Facebook, they're able to tag that. And, hey, I'm at Big Bear. Right. Um, so technology is awesome for 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 Freemasonry. But, but as I said, it's relegated to those two subjects, right? Once we get into in-lodge activities, that's where it stops, right? That's where brothers like myself that um, come to Freemasonry and recognize that there's very limited opportunities where I get to meditate, where I get to contemplate mm. without my phone, without this. And I'm able right. to just sit in this room and I'm, tra I feel trapped sometimes. Right. I'm like, I'm trapped. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I'm just here and I'm in the moment. Right. Sometimes I don't really like to be, I don't feel comfortable in the moment. Right. Cause I have so much going on and I'm thinking my mind's racing, but when I go into lodge, I'm there. And it's, it's, it's a different experience that is really unlike some of the other experiences that, that we have well, outside of law. Well, it says here, it says here that the recommendation does not permit lodges to hold entirely virtual state of meetings. A lodge may do so only if the conditions and requirements of section 807.000 for an entirely virtual state of meeting are met. Um, and, you know, and he talks about balloting he talks about modes of recognition. He talks about, mm -hmm. um, uh, affiliations, um, a couple of other things. So they've thought about it, but it, it's a slippery slope that that they're that, that we're entering upon when we begin to consider this. Once that door is open, the next thing you know, all these other things uh, begin to happen. Because if that's going to be the case, then why should I have to go to state and meet anymore if I can attend it through Zoom and even if it's limited? No, I, yeah. I'd argue that yeah. that was actually incorrect to, incorrectly worded, worded in that if nobody can attend and there's some sort of issue, mm -hmm. let's just do the state of meeting in the business done on Zoom as we did during the pandemic. And it wasn't a fellowship opportunity. There was no ritual. We were able to sign. That's fine. Mm -hmm. My issue is that once we start to combine the two, that's, that's new territory. I, I don't think we recognize how groundbreaking and revolutionary that is to intertwine the in-lodge experience with technology, mm. right? I've been to a lodge and the lodge, I will not say, yeah. but, um, you know, the quote unquote Tyler or what have you, um, will play music somehow from the phone. Um, and one time when there was music playing during a transition period, um, you know, he got a text message. <laughs> Right. And it's just, it was, it was a beautiful, moment. it yeah. was beautiful, but yeah. then the text message came <laughs> and then that kind of brought me back to the present moment. I'm like, okay, well that's a phone and there's a text message and right. I wonder who's texting me. Let me just check my phone real quick. And oh, it started. Yeah. A chain you know, reaction. No, we, we <laughs> save us from that. Right. Like yeah. this is the one space that we have that without yes. that technology. To eliminate right? all that. Yes. Yes. And then once we start <clears> intertwining <throat> the two, um, I don't know. I mean, as I said, I think I would further break it down into two sets of issues. We have the issue specific to this legislation, which is 
bringing Zoom into the state of meeting, which I would say would be detrimental because first off, we're introducing possible data breaches. Um, mm. And I won't speak further about other issues we have regarding that, but, um, yeah. you know, um, well, yeah, but potential, potential data breaches. Well, and, I mean, let's be honest, uh, when the Zoom and all that started and we were doing virtual uh, state of meetings, right away we heard that that some of them got hacked and they were putting uh, pornographic movies and, you know, all my, kinds my of stuff. Did. So what happened was we posted, <laughs> we had open meetings. Yeah. We started the Twitter account, right? And yeah. we, you know, it, it was actually beautiful because we started talking to brothers from England and yeah, that a couple was cool. Meeting yeah. and he had some cool insights, right? Yeah. And then Grand Lodge, I theorized, reposted our Zoom link. And then a couple of days later, when that Zoom happened, someone came in and posted some <laughs> extremely upsetting uh, yeah. stuff. Um, that is just, you know. Yeah. And, and my understanding is that happened in the ref refracted light Facebook page too, that they started to secure their, um, uh, their um, invites. And I assume there was some sort of, you know, zoom bombing. I don't know what it's called, but just obscene. Yeah. Yeah. It was zoom bombing. Right. And <laughs> yeah, that was crazy, man. It was just unfortunate because yeah. everyone was having a good time and it's like, all right. So then <laughs> at that, that's what we're doing here. And it was kind of a wake up call. It's like, okay, well, we're in the modern age, right? So, hey, so let's get to this one that this is the most important one. Cause I know you got to go. You told me that, you, you know, you're, you're, you're short I'm, on time. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, 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 um, resolution number 2203, this, this is a, a very interesting one. When I saw this, I was like, what? So this one, it prohibits alcoholic alcohol consumption before, during, and after state of meeting, meetings, degree practices, and degree conferrals. So it says the proponents, and let me go down here because you were saying, yeah, Freddie Davis, past master, Delphin Dennis Ramos, Viola, past master, and Sean Yu, past master. Okay, these are the guys who propose it. The proponents of this resolution seek to prohibit the consumption of alcoholic beverages before, during, and after stated meetings, degree conferrals, and degree practices, right? And then it has the whereases. It has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. The first one says, whereas the allowance of alcoholic consumption of Cal by California lodges at lodge meetings and degrees has led to it becoming more important than the meetings and degrees of a lodge. Let's, let's talk about that. Why would it become more important than the stated meeting or degrees? So, well, first off, I want to say, you know, Worshipful Fred Davis, beautiful man, Masons for Mitts, making stuff happen. You okay. know, he came up to help... Uh, <clears throat> Big right. Bear, 100, love right. the guy. And I don't really know the situations that brought this up, but, you know, as a former journalist and now attorney, I'm all about the both sides, right? So, mm. you know, I, I, I could see how the wrong group of brothers in the wrong situation and the wrong mix of alcoholic beverages could create mayhem mm -hmm. um, in a sense. I don't know how common that is. And... It's also inherently, I would say, anti-Masonic to assume that that would always happen because right. we're taught temperance, right? Right. You know, you talk about my favorite degree. I didn't get to mention that the third degree's emblems, the beehive, right? Mm -hmm. Industry, industry right? right? Constantly working, moving. And I, I associate that with wor working, moving, making myself better every day, right? Trying to temper my passions every day. Very good. Working. 
So, I, I, you know, I, I could see how it could be unfortunate, um, but also with the history of this country, and I would say the the liberty associated with being a Mason and being an American, that if your lodge has issues with that, I would say you should deal with that, right? Every as far as every lodge, not every lodge has has an issue with that. And those lodges that don't have an issue with that, um, I assume they don't because the leadership is able to kind of curtail so, so let me let me uh, and, and that's an excellent answer. Let me read that again, right? Whereas the allowance of alcoholic consumption by California lodges at lodge meetings and degrees has led to it becoming more important than the meetings and degrees of a lodge. And here's what I gotta say so we can balance it out. If that's the case at your lodge, man, your lodge has way bigger issues. Than, than what you're, you're letting on, because that means that perhaps the degrees are shitty. Mm -hmm. Perhaps your stadium meetings are boring as hell. So, I mean, you know, all these things, you know, no, no, uh, no way to, you're not offering any opportunities to engage, to fellowship, you know, for social hour, none of this. So you're almost driving these brethren to drink. I mean, Jesus Christ, uh, we, we can go the completely opposite way, right? So um, there, there's uh, my take on it. Let's go to the second one. Whereas alcohol consumption by members attending stadium meetings and degrees is overshadowing the business of the lodge and the importance of degree, the, the degree being conferred, that comes back to the same thing that you just said and I just said. We can offer the same, you know, the, the same answer, right, that, that we just gave. It's like the, it's like one and the same. I don't know why they had to put that twice, but it's one and the same. Let's go to the third one. It's attorneys. You know, attorneys are in, involved in this. They got to specify. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But they, they, they just reiterate. It's like the same one. Is it? So you can take one of those out. Number two, whereas too many of the members attending the state of meeting or degree are consuming alcohol before, during and after. Uh, again. If the well, hell, hell yeah, that's what I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> remember, remember when those brothers from Germany came? Oh my god, it was it was a brother and his son, yes, right? They came, Johnny, and brought, Johnny, and uh, yes, uh, I forgot, his, I'll uh, never forget. He brought a suitcase full of cigars, it was like a mini suitcase, right? Was it was awesome. like a cigar suitcase, yeah. Yeah. and we had some drinks and, and learned about you know German Freemasonry, and yes, you know, I'm sorry, but you know, Jesus made. Wine, alcohol is an is existent thing for yeah. for a purpose. It brings people together. It's engaged in. Yep. It's utilized in the engagement of harmony of fellowship. It's I would assume they make it in jail. <laughs> come on, you know, like people people enjoy getting getting a little you know drunk and, and chatting, and it opens up some sort of you know doors of perception or what have you. And um, I you know I, I don't know I mean I would be interested to know what what Worshipful Davies experienced or or any of the other uh, you know brothers that brought this forth experience and mm. you know, it needs to be brought to an end because I could see that because it's fun you know if you have too many drinks beforehand and you go to do degrees <laughs> no I mean we're 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 drinking after maybe before if you're cooking some food or something but so you know if you're in a if you're in a uh, officer position and you're getting toasted before degree that's a lodge specific issue that's not we're not giving we're not trying to give brothers degrees or newly obligated masons or soon to be a newly obligated masons degrees from an officer that's absolutely trashed that's not that's not what we want no, and that no. shouldn't be and that, that yeah that shouldn't be so let's go on to the next one 
whereas even candidates become involved in drinking themselves and serving and serving alcohol to senior members. Well, hell yeah, that's what we want. I want to get to know. I mean, as I said, there used to be economic, social, political incentives. You could have people that still read Wikipedia and they're like, all right, I'm going to become a Freemason mm. and I may become a judge or I may become the police chief. And they come in here and it's nice to have a couple of drinks with them because they let their guard down and they're, well, why are you really here? Well, what, you're what more you relaxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think about God, right? Like, who are you? What, right. What is your place in this world, right? And, and those are fascinating conversations that may only sometimes exist because of alcohol. Whereas even practices have become drinking events before, during, and after. Whereas too many members are dangerously driving home under the influence. Whereas it is time to return, and, he, and here's the one that got me. Whereas it is time to return the integrity of our meetings and degrees to their purpose. Really? What, like, what's the purpose? Yeah, it's, and and the integrity. I mean, do they define the, their terms? What what is the, what they, is no, purpose? What no, is they there? they don't define their well. The, the, I guess they're defining their terms by the whereases before. Um, you know, uh, too too much you, drinking has led to becoming more important than the meetings and degrees of the lodge. Alcohol consumption by members attending stated meetings and degrees overshadowing the business of the lodge. Too many of the members attending the stated meeting or degree are consuming alcohol before, during, and after the meetings of the lodge. These are their terms. Well, maybe that's because the business of the lodge is so boring. And that's in free. And here's the thing. California Masons, right? The Grand Lodge of California has spoken on this. They they incentivize the executive committee, if, yeah. I, if I recall yes. right. Yes. They they talk about well, that all the time. Well, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's one of the... It's one of the legislations i think um they're it's, it's the first one no no no. i'm sorry it's not the first one it's the carryover legislation from 2021 he the grandmaster we recommended establishes the lodge executive committee as a mm -hmm. standing committee okay okay so go ahead wait, wait that's legislation the executive committee uh yeah they're trying to make it so they can put it into the california masonic code so it's a carryover oh. Right now, it's just like a regular, an uncodified yeah. Rec yeah, like yes. recommendation or something? Correct. It hasn't been codified. Um, I mean, I think that's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I've, I've experienced a couple on Zoom. And in fact, those experiences kind of mm. led me. I don't know if you want to go into that. But, yeah. um, you know, the executive committee is interesting because you get to hammer down your stuff. I don't know why it has to be so official. Like, yeah, you and your officers should definitely get together and, and chat <laughs> before stating a meeting about what you want yeah. to do. Right. I, I would hope that you're doing that. Yeah, no, we are. We, we are, and we, we've established that practice here at Palm Springs for, for many years now, and this is how we, we hammer out a lot of these things that can possibly become problematic during state of meeting. Now, we, we hammer but, it. But not too much. I could no. see a downside to where, like, if everything is so streamlined in mm -hmm. your state of meeting is just five, ten minutes of business, well, you got to explain yourselves and open that up so the brothers can engage in, you know, direct uh, right. direct democracy right right um, this is not indirect democracy we live in indirect democracy where you know you live in india you uh, elect raul ruiz to be your congress member mm -hmm. and he goes and does your business in in the uh sacramento well no <clears throat> yeah. he's, a, yeah, he's a congress member right? yeah. so he you know he does your business but no here in freemasonry no you you have a vote you have the same vote that the officers have right yes so i would say that there's a fear that we have um 
maybe delegate that a little bit too much, but also some of it's a little boring. People love reading those minutes a little bit too much. Um, mm-hmm. I would hope, but you know, it, it, Palm Springs, it was interesting because, you know, you'd have a little bit of the minutes, but you'd have some, you'd have mandatory Masonic obligation in launch. Yes. Oh yeah. Right? You have to sit here, right? No, you, yes. it's not, it's not like you're going out and you get to, you know, walk around and someone's preaching, right? No, no. you have to sit here in launch <laughs> and, and, and we're all listening to this Masonic education. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's going to go down. Um, because that's what, uh, nobody joined masonry so we can pay bills. We joined masonry so we can learn and engage in conversation. So, uh, that's, that's, that's the attitude that we've taken. So, um, the last one, you know, where it, where, whereas it is time to return the integrity of our meetings and degrees to their purposes. uh, I mean, that's a little, (laughs) come on guys. Uh, I would love to sit down with these three past masters who, who wrote this up. And say, really? Really? To return? Um, there's far bigger issues in California masonry that can help return the integrity of, uh, how would they say it? Uh, integrity of our meetings and degrees to their purpose. And uh, so you, what you're saying is that if we get rid of alcohol, everything will go back to normal. And we will, and we will reestablish our integrity and our purpose is that what you're saying so i mean that that doesn't uh, add, add up and then it gets into uh section 811.010 alcoholic beverages and it and it breaks it down right mm-hmm. alcoholic beverages may be sold served and consumed on property owned by and it and it breaks it down how it's supposed to be done um and they're trying to get rid of all that so and it's a, a amendment to the ordinances. It's a five-six affirmative vote required for adoption. Freddie Davis and Sean Yu are authorized to represent and act for the resolution. And there you go, yeah. brethren. Yeah, worshipful well, past master Davies, love the guy. Great, you know, as I said, bringing Mason, Mason Mitts to yeah. you know the privileged youth around this around the state. There's nothing more commendable than that in, in the service. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Freemasonry is really not really an alcoholic activity. It's interesting. There's a lot of brothers that don't drink that yeah. come to That's um, correct. state of meeting, that go to state of dinner, that go to all these events, the summer sol- or the winter solstice events, yeah. at, at, you know. At Palm Springs, yeah. In Palm Springs. Yeah. Not everyone's drinking. No, nope. it's, it's not a bunch of drunks at all. And, right. and this resolution makes it seem like there's some lodges out there that, you know, these past masters have experienced that. You know, it seems like their sole purpose is based off alcohol. And, you know, brothers from Palm Springs get together, you know, and, and do things with alcohol all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I know Big Bear, you know, we get together and do stuff. Alcohol is not the most important of nah. part of Freemasonry at all. Nah, someone will bring a bottle of whiskey or a 12-pack of beer and there, you know, and it's drunk or it's not drunk. That's it. Yeah. Well, why would I pay dues to get drunk? Where I can yeah. go get drunk, uh, you know, for, for, for on my own dime. Yeah, I, I don't need to pay dues to get drunk. Yeah, yeah, we're not there for that. Um, uh, but uh, at the same time, are you telling me that I can't have a drink with my brother, and 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 that drink is gonna turn is gonna uh, turn into intemperance and just debauchery? I mean, what 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 are we saying here? Uh, just exactly. Uh, no, because no, what you're saying is essentially is that we're not informing our brothers or teaching our brothers or maybe you know accumulating the right amount of brothers that know how to be temperate right right you know at law school right now like i loved i'm drinking some 
you know, bowl of bourbon right now. I love drinking. Yeah. Bullet rye but, or bullet, which, which one? Uh, this is the a bullet, uh, frontier. It's not, it's not the rye. It's not okay. the green one. Okay. But you know, prior to a couple of days ago, I think I went on a date and drink then, but you know, I, I really don't drink cause I, I get paid to think these days. That's, that's my motto. Right. Mm. So, you know, alcohol and, and other substances, right. Like it's kind of hard to utilize my brain to the same caliber as I can when I drink. So that I go weeks at a time without drinking. Okay. Right? But you know, I love to drink too. Mm-hmm. And I have some brothers and we, we get together and we drink, but that's not the basis of our connection. Right. That's not the basis of what we're doing. Right. And this video makes it seem like that Freemasonry is like a alcoholics anonymous, you know, in denial club of some sort. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> very well put very well put um gary we've been going on an hour and 16 minutes man and, and i really enjoyed th- this conversation um are there any last words uh that that you want to uh, give here shout outs to anybody uh, you know any last insights uh before we uh we wrap this up well, I'm going to take your time a little bit more. And I, I, as I said, I want, I'd like to go back to that zoom measure, man. I, I really do think the that, zoom measure. Okay. Let me get, let me go yeah. back up to it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, you know, as I said, that there, there's two categories of technology that Freemasonry can benefit from that's uh, communication and that's Masonic education. Okay. Not only that, but there's two effects that this legislation, um, you know, will engage in or affect if passed. Right. And that is the present. That's the actual wording. Mm-hmm. of the measure brings him in the lodge and that's also the precedent that this okay. will lock this will do right yeah. so once we bring zoom into the lodge um you know it's not within the statute i'm not speaking for grand lodge or saying this is part of their plan i have no idea at all i haven't talked to anyone about you know the impetus behind this i'm not keen into grand lodge insights but this is precedent because technology is in the lodge in in the open lodge so once it's in there the question is what are we going to utilize it for once we're in there? You know, what happens if, you know, a brother who gives a, an amazing, you know, third degree lecture, but he's in North Carolina. Um, maybe we can zoom him in and put him on a tablet for our candidate to sit <laughs> with um, in the middle of the lodge, right. right? Or, you know, what happens if there's a brother that gives an amazing preambulation and, you know, he's sitting there and he can, he can just give that amazing preambulation, but he is in New Mexico right now. And we're going to put him on speakers and he's going to do it from wherever he's at, sitting in his underwear and sweatpants and <laughs> ambulation, you know, because none of those activities involve, um, you know, modes of recognition or anything really sacred. Right. I mean, yeah, lodge is open, but right at this point we're, we're starting to engage in what is open mean, what is sacred mean. We have to really define our terms. And I think before it was easier because we're like, all right, this is the stuff we can share. This is the stuff we can't. That was easier. Once we talk about the in-lodge experience, you know, there's a lot of time between the opening of lodge and the closing of lodge, right? There's a lot of time between the different things that we do in lodge mm-hmm. and some of the stuff that's in English, right? So what about those parts that are in English? Can we do those on Zoom? Can we have someone come in from New York well, on Zoom to do those for the candidate? Well, maybe, maybe we gotta we we gotta read it. Maybe we gotta. I just sent it to you, by the way, uh, so you can read it on on your own time here. But but I have it in front of me, and mm-hmm. again, this is the Grand Master's Weiss's recommendation number three, right? Mm-hmm. Permits virtual participation in stated meetings. 
Now, <clears throat> in order to get to the, uh, to the meat of it here, it says here that uh, it, it, uh, the preface is at the 171st Annual Communication of the Grand Lodge, Sections 807.000 and 807.010 of the California Masonic Code were amended to allow for entirely virtual stated meetings when assembling the required number of persons for holding a stated or special meeting is prohibited by government authority. These amendments allowed our lodges to continue to transact important business during the COVID-19 pandemic. With the mm -hmm. withdrawal of government prohibitions on private meeting and events, Lodges may now meet in person. I hope we never again have a cause to rely on these amendments. During the pandemic, however, we learned that virtual participation in stated meetings provided opportunities for certain Masons to participate in Lodge who in the past had been unable to do so um, or who could only do so infrequently or with difficulty. This recommendation provides a path for Masons to continue to participate in their Lodge in-person stated meetings. This recommendation would permit but not require lodges to provide opportunities for their members, entered apprentices and fellow crafts to attend virtually the business portion of in-person stated meetings. Yeah. There's, no, I mean, in, in big bear, we have a brother that's in the mid East and mm -hmm. sorry, Midwest, uh, somewhere out there. And, you know, he's a massive participant. He comes to, all the we do our temple board meetings on zoom and we mm -hmm. do our executive meetings on zoom and we do some sort of other Masonic education things on zoom and he's, you know, inter integral part of that. And the idea within some of the brothers, the one of what I've been told is that we need to, you know, pass this measure because brothers like that deserve to participate in our in-lodge festivities, right? Or in-lodge opportunities. Not only that, but there's a lot of brothers who are elderly and, and can't come to lodge and they want to participate. So maybe this legislation will help them participate. Um, and we saw that. Um, during the COVID pandemic, to a certain extent, there's some brothers that zoomed in who may not be interested or could not be able to come in in person. And, you know, no one's saying this legislation isn't beneficial, right? It's not, you know, there's some interesting points there. I think that those interesting points are kind of red herrings, right? They're, they're, they're interesting, but they don't really encapsulate really what we're doing here. And that is a refashioning and reconfiguring our in-lodge experience and then b providing precedent in order to disrupt and refashion even more our masonic experience going forward i will i will uh, take it back to this <clears throat> in 1989 our grand lodge of california you know masons it wasn't grand lodge right it's it, someone proposed legislation or resolutions just like this to put everything in cipher and because in some of their thinking, that would make it easier mm -hmm. and the lodge would be get full. Now, people would I think Cypher is amazing. Right. I think it helps with, right. with memory. I well, think there's well, it, that was uh, one of the reasons why they put it, but it, it would, because of that, it would bring members, more members into the lodge because it made it easier to memorize. Mm -hmm. It didn't work. Then in 2010, my first year as master, they proposed a resolution that the EAs and fellow crafts should be allowed to go into stated meetings because why should they sit outside and not be able to see what goes on in lodge and more than, uh, more than likely it would create a lot of interest and the lodge would be full once again. More well, participation. 
Was it full? Fuck no. Nobody showed up. <laughs> well, that's we're incentivizing brothers to not show up because they can zoom in from their phones. And now we're incentivizing. There you go. You, you, you cut it. You, you <laughs> cut it. We're incentivizing now. Now they don't have to show up. So now, uh, shit. Hey, why don't you pass a resolution where we can initiate you through Zoom? While you're wearing that's underwear. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Even if it's not yeah. all the ceremonies that, that we're akin to, if there's crucial parts of it, like learning about the, you know, the the beehive or yeah. Th that's an in-person experience. You know, you should experience that without, you know, and, and never mind the potential for disruption, right? I mean, we've had brothers that their internet goes out, they have lags. Yes. Um, you know, we've been blessed with this speed that we're doing right now that that hasn't existed, but that's common in the internet. We don't all have the most stable connections. Mm -hmm. So at that point in our state of meetings, we're going to be calling, we're going to making sure that the brothers that have the most uh, technological uh, advancement are going to be there because they can cure these things. Right. But what happens if you have a brother who, you know, is running the means he's maybe he's a worshipful master or secretary who isn't really technologically. Savvy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in charge of it, but he yeah. doesn't know how to. So we're all going to pause and sit there and uh, just kind of chat, you know, while they're figuring out the Zoom. And it's just like, that's not what we're doing here. No, at all. no, no. Uh, Freemasonry wasn't. There are some things that that you're just not going to be able to uh, uh, integrate this, what they're trying to do here. You're just not going to be able to integrate all of this. No, you have to be there in person. You have to be uh available you have to put in the work and you have to experience it there so again you know if if people are thinking oh yeah man that's great because we'll get more interest and eventually they'll come to lodge no i'm sorry to tell you brethren it's not going to go that way it's going to go the, the reverse it's yeah. going to reverse on us so for all of you who are thinking that it that it's a great idea i'm here to tell you no it's not a great idea. This, the the prohibition of alcohol, the 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 Zoom, no, 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 brethren. But yeah, yeah the, during the pandemic, it did open my eyes to like uh, virtual meetings for like this right here, and let's get together mm -hmm. for some virtual education. You know, without going into the modes of recognition, let's get together. Yeah. You know, for some, uh, you know, just hey, I haven't seen your face, man, in like two or three years. I am finally, I finally see you. That's excellent. Excellent. But other than that, it can't go any further than that. Yeah. And those, those things are incredibly valid. Freemasonry has benefited from the internet in many ways, both communication wise, Masonic education wise. Um, we see a lot of podcasts out there, including your own that are just kind of yeah. stepping outside the mold that we're able to, to engage in with in lodge and in, you know, even in lodge out of lodge type thing and trying to engage in different subjects. And the internet is, is very powerful for mm -hmm. that. But you know, unfortunately, once we stray too far, you know, there's a lot of organizations that do correspondence courses, right? Boda, right? Builders yeah. of the Atom, right? Yeah. Yet we have, there's all sorts of Masonic education-esque or esoteric education-esque online. Right. That similar, I mean, no one's claiming that, you know, California, I mean, I'm sorry to say for the Stock Valley, whatever you, but, but you know, California Masons does not, does not have a proprietary, you know, um, possession of this knowledge, right? Right, right, right. There's other ways to gain this knowledge, right? Yes. Um, but there's something special about how we do it in person, in lodge, with these brothers that is special that we're kind of selling out to in order to, you know, retain membership. Or I don't really know the impetus be behind this thing, but, you know, don't fix what's not broken. The 
and I guess you can you can um, apply that to these legislation. Uh, the majority of these legislations, um, some of them have to do with uh, with the uh, Masonic trials. Uh, well, a lot of it had to do with Masonic trials. So I guess the penalties of the trials. I love um, those Masonic trials, man. There's some crazy, <laughs> yeah, I know, crazy dudes out there. And you're gonna hear some crazy ones if you go to Grand Lodge. You're gonna hear some some crazier ones that that, that have made. It I, to no, that I read room. the last ones. The, yeah. the, the, the there's, there's some things out there. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it, it gets crazy. Um, resolution number twenty two oh one, that was withdrawn, um, but resolution number twenty two oh two gives the Grand Master the right to grant the title of past master. When a constituent lodge's charter is suspended or revoked, that that's an interesting one, you know. Uh, yeah, why why shouldn't that guy get the title of uh, past master? Hundred percent. I'd rather put in the work. Dude. Yeah, no, he's so, in the work. So just there's because, good things that happen at Grand Lodge. No, no, this isn't like you know national politics where we're assuming that you know these lifelong politicians are getting together and you know doing some bullshit. Like there's some very positive, beautiful things that happen at Grand Lodge, and you well, know. I, and let's, and let's remember, right. let's remember, because uh, um, a lot of people, you know, why is Grand Lodge doing this? Grand Lodge is us, and we, exactly. and we are Grand Lodge. You know, the, the, these brothers that are sitting in those chairs in those grand offices were once doing what we do. You know, that they, they were uh, sitting as secretaries, as masters of lodges, you know, things like that. So uh, uh, we have to remember that Grand Lodge is us. And we are Grand Lodge. All right, man. So that's going to wrap it up real quick. Um, I'd like to acknowledge you, man. I'd like to thank you for coming on. You finally came on. Hopefully we can have more of these. Hopefully you got the, the gist of it. Do you have any last words that you want to say before you take off on your hot date? Yeah. I mean, you know, God is great. Uh, Freemasonry is definitely a, a positive thing in this world. And, you know, we just got to work together to make sure that it lives on as successive generations. And I'm excited to be a part of it. Hey, Garrett, man, it, it's been good knowing you, man. And, and uh, it, it was good to meet you down here. I'm glad you're having your success that you're having up there. And uh, I can't wait to do it again, man. All right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. All right, man, have a good night. Uh, yeah, you, peace out, bro. All right. Peace out. All right, Caesar. Good shit, man. These strong sessions are calculated to inculcate in the mind of the novitiate the importance of subduing our passions and improving ourselves in masonry, feeding the attentive ear with the sound of the instructive tongue, endeavoring to add to the common stock of knowledge and understanding, effectively spreading the cement of knowledge and wisdom, and hopefully some good will towards exercising get out there and get your walking in open up your ciphers study memorize and just do it